The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. Welcome to KXAN News Today. Here are your Friday morning headlines. Memphis, Tennessee police will release a video today showing officers stopping Tyree Nichols. Earlier this month, the 29-year-old died three days after five police officers pulled him over in a traffic stop and beat him. Community members held a vigil for Nicholas last night, calling for the officers to be held accountable. Communities around Houston are under a disaster declaration after Tuesday's tornadoes. People in places like Deer Park, they're still cleaning up. Governor Greg Abbott's office adds other counties may be added to the declaration as damage assessments are finished. Auto ISD is opening its third middle school later on. It's Gus Almquist Middle School. It's going to be near Highway 130 and Limber Loop. The groundbreaking ceremony is tonight. And that starts at 530. Welcome everyone. The conversation around classified information and how our country's leaders handle it continues in Austin today. Good morning. I'm Sally Hernandez. And I'm Erica Brennis. Texas Senator John Cornyn today is going to be speaking at the LBJ Presidential Library. It's part of the Public Interest Declassification Board's Security Conference. It will consider the need to modernize the federal system of classification and declassification. This comes as the National Archives asks former U.S. presidents and vice presidents to recheck their personal records for any classified documents. President Joe Biden and former President, Vice President Mike Pence had such documents in their possession and then recently former President Donald Trump did as well. Senator Cornyn was asked his thoughts on the broader issue of the handling of classified information yesterday after the Director of National Intelligence briefed lawmakers. There was a lot of concern about the uh, Director of National Intelligence and the intelligence authorities deferring to the Department of Justice about who gets access uh, to the documents that have been uh, recovered. But here there are larger concerns, uh, public safety concerns, national security concerns that I think uh, make this a, a, an exceptional case. The archives sent a letter yesterday to representatives of former presidents and vice presidents extending back to Ronald Reagan to ensure compliance with the Presidential Records Act. That requires former presidents to have exclusive responsibility for the custody and management of the presidential records of their administration while in office. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry. Good Friday morning. We begin with a look at what's going on outside. Clouds and radar not picking up anything on radar, but satellites certainly seeing some clouds. And we're going to see a few more of those little puffy clouds out there today. But in general, still sunny sky. I'm going mainly sunny for us here in Central Texas. Whittlesea Landscape Supplies weather camera there southeast Austin. Look at that temperature. It is cold, friends. We are down to 31 in South Austin, 35 downtown, 33 Bastrop temperatures in the upper 20s to low 30s out in our western counties. Everybody once again needing that heavy coat as we begin our Friday. Temperatures just a little bit cooler than what we had yesterday at this time for most of us. We're going to see a similar recovery, but we should be just a touch warmer than what you felt on Thursday afternoon. We go from those 30s and 40s to the 50s by lunch. Forecast high today, 62 degrees. That's going to put us actually pretty much near average for the end of January. Coming up in your first morning forecast, weekend rain chances. They're not very high, but some of us 
could be looking at some wet weather starting late, late tonight. So we'll, I'll walk you through your weekend rain. We've got a drop in temperatures coming behind a strong cold front. And next week, reminding us that yes, it's still winter. Temperatures dropping, rain chances coming up as we get into our next work week in the start of February. We'll talk a little bit more about all those changes here in a few minutes. Erica. Thanks, Kristen. A fight is gearing up at the state capitol over what is taught in the classroom. Yeah, a state rep is proposing cutting off funding to universities that teach critical race theory. KXAN's Monica Madden has the potential implications. Race is something we have a hard time talking about. UT government professor Eric McDaniel says the concept of critical race theory is largely misunderstood. It's really a discussion of policy and how policies made in the past affect things today. But he might be limited in what he can discuss with his students if a new House bill ever becomes law. I think housing laws are a perfect example. But not being able to talk about policy and not being able to talk about the effects of things and how they have long-term effects on people's lives means there are so many things that I cannot discuss. Last session, lawmakers banned CRT from being taught in K-12 schools. A bill filed Wednesday has similar wording, proposing to ban any state universities from teaching that an individual is inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive, whether consciously or unconsciously. And if that means some of those professors who want to teach that don't come to Texas, I'm okay with that. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick is advocating for this legislation, speaking about it extensively during his inauguration. He argues it would prevent personal biases from carrying over into public education. But for those professors in the classroom every day, I don't want them teaching, just like the parents don't want in K-12, that if you're white, you're a racist, and if you're of color, you're a victim. But McDaniel says with the bill's vague language, he'll have a hard time discussing complex topics about race. And if we actually want a highly engaged citizenry, we need to be able to talk about these things that are somewhat sensitive. We did reach out to the bill's author, Palestine Republican Representative Cody Harris for further comment. We haven't heard back just yet. This isn't the only bill filed this session looking to impact what can be said, taught, or read in schools. Going in depth, House Bill 631 is modeled after a similar controversial bill from Florida. The Texas bill would ban talk or lessons on sexual orientation or gender identity from kindergarten up to fifth grade. Another bill would essentially do the same, but through eighth grade. And House Bill 338 would require publishers looking to sell books to Texas schools to place ratings on the books similar to TV and video game ratings. The new decision for the Austin police officers involved in the death of Alex Gonzalez. How children under the age of 16 could be banned from social media. Good morning, everyone, on this Friday. Time check is 4.39. A live look outside to start off your morning. Kristen is back with a look at your forecast in just the next few minutes. Now, the Austin Police Department has cleared officers of wrongdoing in the shooting death of a man back in 2021. This comes after a grand jury cleared them of criminal charges. APD says this happened after Alex Gonzalez allegedly cut off off-duty officer Gabriel Gutierrez and then pointed a gun at him. They say Gutierrez fired his gun, then called for backup. According to the results of the internal investigation, police determined he acted as a private citizen who defended himself in the face of a deadly threat. Once on-duty officers got on scene, APD says Officer Luis Serrato shot Gonzalez as he was outside his car, reaching in the back seat and ignoring commands. 
APD yesterday said Serrato's actions aligned with APD's policy and training. Police say they later found a gun in Gonzalez's car. His family claims he was reaching for his baby, not a weapon. For the love of God's sake, he got up and checked on that child. For a grand jury to come in and say that they did nothing wrong and they were not going to indict, why should they be punished or even thought of being disciplined for having to defend themselves or someone else? After APD released the results of the internal investigation, his mother, in a statement, called for more information on the decision process. APD stated any incident that involves loss of life is a tragedy and extended its condolences to the Gonzalez's family. As the search for AISD superintendent continues, what interim superintendent Matias Segura says his priorities are for finding the new leader of Austin's largest school district. A new housing development is making homes designated for one specific company. Longhorn step out of the Big 12 this weekend. It won't be easy. And for Rodney Terry, well, nothing's been easy about this season. I've got more on that coming up. This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to shelfgenie.com slash Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. Good morning, everyone. Another live look outside to start off your Friday here on KXAN News. Today, beautiful shot of the skyline. Kristen's up with your weather to give you a look at that coming up in just the next few minutes. But first, let's talk about who we now know is going to help when it comes to the search for your next superintendent for the largest local school district. The Austin ISD school board voted yesterday to move forward with GR recruiting. The district used it before when it hired former superintendent Dr. Paul Cruz. Right now, Mataya Segura serves as interim superintendent. Segura replaced interim superintendent Anthony Mays, who left for the superintendent job in the Houston area. Mays replaced superintendent Stephanie Elizalde, who took a job in Dallas last May. So that's the latest on the search for the latest superintendent. We'll continue to follow that for you, and we'll talk to Matthias later on in the newscast. As Austin ISD works to find its next leader, we're hearing from interim superintendent Matthias Segura on his priorities right now. KXAN's Nabil Ramadna has the final installment of our superintendent series. Matias Segura joining us here, interim superintendent of AISD. You're just taking on the position here. What are yep. your first priorities? Oh, well, I mean, priorities are, are, are you know, for me in this role, it's, um, it's, it's kind of what I said in the beginning, right? It's about, you know, compensation, you know, special education, multilingual, uh, making sure that we're um, improving our, our teachers' experience. We certainly know that there are a lot of things that are impacting the classroom and the weight and the responsibilities have to be reevaluated. We have to think about the things that need to be taken off uh, the plates of our, of our teachers, right? All the things that they have to do to create space so that they can be more effective um, in the classroom. Right now, we've just, we're asking a lot. And so we're really thinking about reducing the pressure and supporting them better. Safety audits, are they still ongoing? And, and have you all continued success in that area? Have you had any schools come up in, you know, finding that, you know, they might have left doors unlocked, things like that? So, yeah, safety audits continue uh, as they have been the entire year. Uh, and, and for us, we're, we're doing very, very well. Uh, we, we do report to the board if there is a finding. Uh, fortunately for us, you know, we're, we're performing to a very, very high level. Uh, and anything more than that, you know, obviously can't be shared publicly, but, um, you know, our number one priority is keeping our students safe, our staff safe. 
A lot of bills, a lot of lawmakers pushing for more funding in public education right now at the Capitol. Uh, ha have you had any talks with any lawmakers or are you pushing, you know, recaptures is a big talking point and I know AISD loses a lot of money. <laughs> we, have, we absolutely do. So recapture does impact um, us in a, in a very real way. You know, over $840 million is sent to the state. Um, several weeks ago, we, we started the legislative session with a conversation with our central delegation. And so in that conversation, we talk about AISD's priorities. And at the top of the list is allotment, right? The, the number of, uh, the, the amount that each student uh, is budgeted by, by way of the state. And so for us, that's, it's like raising the sea for all. And so if we can uh, really push for the state to increase allotment, it'll help us you know, increase um, the amount of compensation we have for our teachers and staff. It'll help us um, support programming in a different way. It'll help us look at different solutions uh, to improve the system. And so that is like the single focus. There are many, many others, but if I could distill it down into one single priority, it would be the allotment. Interim Superintendent Matias Segura, thanks for joining us here. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Catch our interviews with other local superintendents on their priorities on KXAN.com. Okay, if a bear takes a <laughs> selfie in the woods, did it even happen? If no one is there to see it, if no one is there to like it, can they post it? Well, Wildlife Park in Boulder, Colorado caught a bear. Yes, caught a bear posing for hundreds of photos on its wildlife cameras. Check it out. Open Space and Mountain Parks has nine cameras across 46,000 acres of That's land. Good. That's a good The pose. cameras are activated to snap pictures when an animal goes by and the, the angles. They help the department learn more about how local wildlife species use the landscape while minimizing staff presence in sensitive habitats. Now, it says one of the 580 photos captured roughly 400 were photos of the bear peering into the camera. We I all know him. it takes a couple of hundred to get that one right. Got to look for the lighting. Get your angles right. Striking. Showing off, but it's all right. Yes. I such. love this so much. This is the Friday news I need, right? Seriously. Because this is a full on photo shoot in the middle of the wilderness. That's me, yes. like this, taking a selfie. Yeah. This bear is you know? feeling its roots. So right? 2023, yes. So 2020, yeah, exactly. Get Listen. him a TikTok. Yeah, if there's anybody who's going to understand this, it's us three. Right? Yeah. Let me show you what's going on with your forecast here because we do have quite conditions this morning there's some cloud cover out there there's no rain the rain that we have it's, it's coming in around midnight so if you know you're gonna be out late late like late after midnight then yeah I would grab the raincoat but most of us stay dry through the day today 35 degrees currently that's one of the things we one of the little humps we got to get over today that's the fact that these temperatures are cold running colder than what we had yesterday with everybody in the 20s and 30s 35 Austin but below freezing Marble Falls Lano Fredericksburg down below freezing in Blanco pretty close too for our friends in Lockhart. We go from those 20s and 30s to the low 40s by the end of the morning, 50s by lunch, forecast high today, 62, mainly sunny, but the clouds begin to increase later in the day. So it's not going to hurt the warm up, but the warming trend actually continues as those rain chances build in. Let's talk about this because as I get you into this evening, this is 6, 630 tonight, you'll notice those clouds are starting to thicken up. Overnight into tomorrow morning, here comes the light rain. Now, to be honest with you, most of the models are favoring areas along and east of I-35. Not to say we'll be totally dry out west. I just expect a little bit more to pop up on radar as we get into our eastern counties through the day tomorrow. That being said, rain 
rain chances also in our Sunday forecast at 40%. Neither day looks to be uh, very heavy rain, and we don't have anything in the way of major severe weather expected. Temperatures, though, look at this. We're, we'll be in the upper 60s, so above average for both Saturday and Sunday. Just make sure you've got that umbrella with you both days. Now, I will tell you, next week is also trending a little more active. Monday, here comes another batch of rain. We continue this Tuesday. Wednesday, even into Thursday morning, we've got some rain chances to look forward to. I think that Wednesday, Thursday time frame, that's when we pick up more meaningful rainfall, and that's where the majority of this comes in. These are your seven-day rainfall potentials, and it's showing about a half an inch to maybe an inch or more in some spots. I've got another model showing even more than this, so I'm more convinced next week will be more heavy rain. This weekend, this is mainly going to be just light drizzle. Now, temperature-wise, 60s today through Sunday, but that cold front that's going to come in on Sunday, that's going to drop our temperatures into the 40s and 50s. Overnight lows also going to take a hit. We're down to the 30s again, waking up Wednesday morning. So next week is certainly going to be kind of a cold, wet, winter-like week. All the more reason to get outside and enjoy the sunshine today. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning to you, UT men back on the road today for a battle against Tennessee tomorrow. That means Rodney Terry gets to coach against his old boss, Rick Barnes. Of course, Rodney Terry taking over the Longhorns in the most unusual of circumstances. Now 10-2 since Chris Beard was suspended, then fired. And of course, all the futures of Longhorn coaches are up in the air beyond this year. But that's something that even though it's got to be on their minds, they can't afford to let get to them. Our administration has been very supportive of, of, uh, of our team, uh, our staff. Um, you know, they've been great throughout the whole process. They've been very transparent with what's going on and uh, what needed to needed to happen moving forward, you know, for this season. The thing that I can control right now is working with these guys every single day. I love our team that we have. Um, you know, they believe in what we're trying to get done in terms of the vision we have for this season. And, you know, I'm a firm believer in, you know, living where your feet are and living in the moment. You know, enjoy enjoy this season, this journey. You know, we don't, tomorrow's not promised to us. We don't know if we're going to be here tomorrow. We like to hope and think that and pray that we're going to be here tomorrow. But but uh, you just soak up, soak up what you're doing right now and, and, and enjoy this experience and this ride with this group. And that's the way I know I've approached it. Yeah, human nature would lead you to believe a lot on their minds about their future. But right now, they've got a really good team against a great Tennessee team tomorrow. And then it's back to Moody on Monday night for a battle against Baylor. Back to you. Thank you, Roger. More development on the horizon in Central Texas tied to Elon Musk. There's a housing development that is planned for a group of his workers over in Bastrop County. KXN's Tahir Rahman shows us what the subdivision could look like. With that, Bastrop County Commissioners approve a new layout for a new housing development. More than 100 homes for one specific company. The Boring Company is working with Lennar to build this housing subdivision to support the workers there. This is the site of the proposed housing project just off of FM 1209 and 969. Now you can see that there's already another housing project underway right now. One local realtor says it's all part of a booming Bastrop County. You are on the west side of Bastrop, the east side of Austin, so it is very easy for people to commute. Jackie Short says builders see potential here. And so whether it's just the Boring Company or it's all these other businesses, 
coming in or the potential to come in, people see the Bastrop County area as, you know, a favorable area to move. Short says the county needs more housing stock to stay on top of current and anticipated demand. Data from Redfin, a national real estate brokerage, shows that housing supply has decreased over the past decade. Short says it makes this future development, dubbed Project Amazing, invaluable. We have great growth that is coming to our area that we need to be able to support the work, you know, workforce housing that's coming. Tahira Rahman, KXAN News. The county commissioner of the precinct where the housing is supposed to go up says the homes will be leased to buy options. The developer, Lennar Corporation, declined to comment for this story. But we also reached out to the Boring Company for more details, and we have yet to hear back. Going in depth, South Texas had to adjust to SpaceX since the first launch in summer of 2019. Last year, a sister station found rents in Hidalgo County and Cameron County increased 6 to 10 percent. And some people living there complained about the space, about the pace rather, of building housing and the SpaceX growth and its need for employees. Average 13-year-old who's spending nine hours a day on social media. The average eight-year-old, five hours a day. Utah Republican Congressman Chris Stewart wants to ban social media for kids under 16 across the country. He says social media is harmful for kids and teens. Studies show social media leads to an elevated risk of depression and suicide. Stewart has yet to introduce his bill to ban social media for kids. He is trying to garner support from behind the scenes. Stewart's proposal would only apply to new accounts. Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.